This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are talking about uh, inviting children places that they're not actually technically invited to and how that could turn out fantastically for them. Uh, We're answering the question, have we left it too late to start Parenting for Faith? Sometimes it feels like, oh, if I had only known this stuff 10 years ago, but actually... Maybe not. And uh, our wildcard section is uh, my friend Ellie, uh, who has some great insights into film. And she's going to be sharing a bit of uh, how we can use uh, Tangled, the movie, to uh, really illustrate something significant about God. So let's get started with uh, my interview with my mom. She was here uh, and uh, we've heard from her a couple of weeks ago. And this is... um, part of the interview where I was bringing up the fact that I remember being taken to places that I was not necessarily invited to. And yet that was something really significant in my childhood journey of faith. So uh, I asked my mom, why did she uh, do that? And this is what she said. As a kid and teenagerhood and adult, one of the features that I remember of your parenting for faith was uh, you bringing me places that I wasn't invited to, I guess, um, where it, it it wasn't a designed for children or a family event, but that you would bring me places like baby showers or evening mm-hmm. services that had nothing for kids, or you'd bring me along pretty much anywhere. I remember your friends had a morning female breakfast thing where True. women talked about women things, and it was just for your friends, but you started bringing me along as a young teenager mm-hmm. um tell me tell me about that as a feature of your spiritual parenting why did you make that decision and how did you spot those opportunities what what was it about inviting me places that i wasn't invited i think it all goes back to the original discussion we had about uh, noticing that god can use any opportunity even the every day and the plan uh, as it was in my life to be able to say uh, to put all those pieces together to bring me to Christ. And so I am totally aware that God is God and God can use any opportunity. And it's up to me as a mom to say, well, I can at least add this and some of this God might use, you know, in some way or another. I don't know how because I'm not God, but I can at least say I can add these positive things from which, you know, God could use this and the thousand others that he's putting together to create something for you. And so my whole life was just to uh, to provide those opportunities. You also weren't afraid to take me places that you thought I'd be bored. So, yeah. And why? <laughs> why that? So like I'm thinking of the evening service at the church that oh, in okay. no way was openly designed for children. No, those uh, because at that time there was a morning service which had uh, children's programs and evening service did not. And uh, it, it's, again, my philosophy was, I don't know what God's going to use, because back to when I was young, I I did not know what that missing piece was. But all of a sudden, I went to one place, heard two sentences that all of a sudden made everything clear. And then 
I knew what I was missing. And so I don't, I didn't know what two sentences would be meaningful to you at any place in time. So I was like, wherever. So we were going to the Sunday night services and there was an older gentleman who's probably my age now, you know, he's probably in his maybe even late sixties. And he had been a well-known person in forming a business association for men. It was a national program. He had already retired from it. He was older than dirt. And he was coming by at this little church and he was speaking in the evening. And so you were with us in the evening and you were always in there in worship because I wanted you to be able to sense God moving. And you were there listening to the word because I don't know at what point something was going to be meaningful to you. And so in that evening service then, uh, he spoke what you had heard a thousand other times before about uh, you know God moving in your life and, and a deeper understanding of who the Holy Spirit was and who God was and all of these you know, different aspects of God's character. And he just said something that all of a sudden was meaningful to you. And he had asked for people who wanted, you know, a, a greater, you know, working of Holy Spirit in your life to come forward. And I was, you know, to me, it was, I've heard that a thousand million times and I wasn't responding and I was just sitting there and, uh, you know, wondering if God was working in someone else's life. And then you tugged on uh, our shirt, my shirt. I was uh, 10. You were nine. Nine, nine. You were nine, and I looked at you because I, I was praying. I was thinking, well, you know, this this is going to be meaningful for someone. And you tugged on my shirt and said that you feel this, as I recall, you feel something pulling on your chest, pulling on your heart. And I was just, I was shocked for one thing. It was pulling on your heart. And then you said, what should I do? Because he had asked for someone, people to come forward. And, and I said, well, go forward, you know. And so then, you know, we moved out of the way. You went forward, and your dad and I had a conversation of, well, should we go behind her? Should we go up with her? It, because we weren't expecting that to be a moment where those two sentences were going to make sense. And so uh, and we decided, no, this was between you and God. God was pulling you up, and that if we went behind you, then it might have connected to us as a family as opposed to something personal God was doing in your life, and we chose not to go up behind you and pray. And so you went up by yourself, nine-year-old, with this you know, older gentleman who had was sharing the gospel and, and how God could be powerful in your life. So the, the children's pastor came up behind you, and they were the ones that put their hands on you, so you really didn't know who was behind you. And he prayed for you, and God did something amazing in your life at that one moment, and you were the only one that came forward that night. Nobody wow. else did. And here's this nine-year-old who has heard the, you know, so much about God for nine years, and God had you already accepted God as your Savior, but there was something about a deeper relationship with God that touched you, that was your moment where God was pulling your heart, and that you changed at that point in a different way. And so then uh, we were surprised that that was going to be one of your moments. So you came back and we were like, what did God do? And you're just talking about what God's doing in your life. We went home that night and uh, and we stayed up late with you, you know, talking, hearing your words, explaining a little more about, you know, God's power in your life, explaining how God's moving and, and what, you know, what is God wanting? We went through scripture with you. We got up the next day. We went through scripture again with you. And See, I have no memory of all that scripture stuff. Oh, yeah. We went through everything, you know, to help you uh, because it, it can't just be this moment with yeah. this guy at the front. It had to be anchored in something, you know, that was solid that you could go to when you were confused about 
you know, how, what does this mean for you? And so then we went through scripture, we talked through it. Uh, and we talked about, you know, your dad and I talked about our own experiences and growing with God and Mm -hmm. how that has changed us with each step that we've taken. And so we, you know, sort of position you that this is another step in your relationship with God. And, uh, and then, uh, we called the pastor to let him know that God had really done something powerful in your life. And so then we followed up, you know, a little bit later, a little later. Then I, I went to uh, the Christian bookstore in town, well, little you know, at our old church, and bought you. You know, we were poor at that time, so got you uh, the tiniest piece of gold I could uh, with a with a Holy Spirit on it because mm-hmm. God had touched you, and we had him engrave the date that it happened, and so that we wanted it to be, you know, a, one of the momentous points that we didn't want you to forget that God had moved in your heart and in your life. And we assumed it wouldn't, but we had no idea what God was going to do in the future and Mm -hmm. whether your life would be taking roads that were really hard or taking roads that were easy. And so we wanted to make sure there was a moment solidified where you knew that God had tugged on your heart and brought you uh, forward and, uh, and that had done something that was your choice between you and God. And we just wanted to cement that you know, with a uh, with a memento that you could have with you at all times, and uh, and so then uh, and that just was another step. But if we didn't provide you those choices and opportunities to sit there, listen to the message, and and we had no idea at what point. And to this day, we don't know what other points throughout your life you know are meaningful. All we know is that we can provide the experience, and then uh, let God do what He wants. Here's another question we were emailed. Uh, It's from a blended family. Uh, She says, six kids. The youngest is 10. The oldest is 18. And uh, she says, have we left it too late to parent for faith? Our older children just don't want to come to church and think it's hilarious we've become Christians. How can we parent them for faith? I think for uh, for those of us who came to faith older, uh, when our children were already grown or in process they they have a distinct memory of what it was like before we became christians and after we became christians and that's a big change for them particularly when they're older children so how do we how do we go through that it's a great question thank you so much for emailing this in first of all i want to say very firmly it is never too late to start. We have heard stories upon stories upon stories of people who started parenting for faith. I, I was running a course and there was this uh, woman who was 65 and had a 35-year-old and uh, wanted to start parenting for faith. And uh, she became a Christian when she was in her 50s and was like, it's much too late, my kids in their 30s. And we saw vast transformation, not only in her son, but uh, in her son's family. And uh, it was this this wonderful story of watching a parent remember that they're never, they never stop parenting. And you never stop parenting, you know this. And uh, and this is part of a, a beautiful journey that you can go on with your children. Uh, the first stage for any parenting for faith, really, is uh, is letting them understand what has happened to you, particularly with older children, they will have watched you go through a journey and you may be changing, but you know, when we come to faith, it takes, it takes a really long time for sometimes for it to bed down and for us to figure out what we are feeling. And we're, we're in this journey. And that is a beautiful thing to explain to your kids. Um, the story behind why you became a Christian and what it looks like in your life. And, and they may find it hilarious that you've done this, 
but that means they're watching. And older children, all children are watching, but they will watch you change and they will watch you struggle and they will watch you uh, make mistakes and they will watch you uh, grow. And, and as you let them see that, and if you can possibly not be defensive about that, what it allows is for them to have a front row seat to a life that is being transformed into something different, a, a situation, what your heart was like before and what you felt before, and now why it's different for you and, and how your outlook on life has changed and, and how you love and how you find peace and how you operate as a human being is changing. And that is a massive, massive and very exciting thing for your children to see. Because that is the essence of what God offers us. He offers us a different kind of life. He offers us a different way of being and thinking and feeling. And your children get to see that up close with someone they love deeply, which is not something all children have the opportunity to have. And so primarily, I want to say this is an exciting, exciting thing that your kids get to see. So one, please let them see that. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to show them, I am now the perfect and completed person. What you're saying is, I'm on a journey and this wonderful thing happened to me and it's made such a massive difference. So please let them see that. Two, please talk about it. Say, when you lose it, you're like, oh, that's not my heart. I don't want that. Or I'm trying and I want to be better and I just just need God to like take away that stuff that's in my heart and bring in peace. And I, oh, I just love it or it's better or it's different. Tell, tell your stories as it's happening of why are you reading your Bible or why are you not doing this behavior or why are you trying something else or why did you make the decision the whys are so important to our older children so explain it let them see it and explain it and the other thing is to let them go on their own journey as long as they have as much information as they need to take it um, they may just not understand and so the more you can explain it to them of your journey and create opportunities for them to do it alongside of you. If they're intrigued why you're reading this book, leave it out so they can flip through it behind your back. Or uh, if they like the music that you're playing, then crank it up when they're home. Uh, create opportunities for them to encounter it and experience it while they're around you so that they can not only see what's happening in your life, but they can understand it because you're explaining it. And then they can try it at their own pace and their own ways. Um, because you found your own connection with God. And that's what we want for them. To find their connection with God in their own way. Um, yeah. If you go on the website, there's loads of other ways of just getting started. And I'd really suggest that if if you've recently um, become Christians, uh, it might really help you going on the Parenting for Faith course or accessing that material, which you can do for free on the website. Because it really helps you sort of think through the different ways to begin to to share your faith with your kids in a way that empowers them rather than controls them.
So for our wildcard section today, we are starting uh, having contributions from people that we trust and know and love, their insight into parenting for faith. And this is Ellie. She is a children's pastor. She is a parent and she loves film. And uh, so we're going to have her regularly come back every once in a while. And she's going to share a bit of how we can see God in normal, everyday secular film and use them to talk to our kids about really important things of God. So our first uh, contribution from Ellie is today. I'm really passionate about the fact that God doesn't just sit within church, but he's in the whole world around us. He's in creation. He's in the creative ways his people express themselves. And he's definitely in stories. He's in the stories written by people who know him, But actually, he's also in the stories written by people who don't. One of the films I wanted to talk to you about today was Tangled. It's a film that's quite old now. Um, Thankfully, my three-year-old has just discovered it and is really excited. And we therefore watch it a lot in our house. Now, for those of you who didn't get on the Tangled bandwagon, I just wanted to do a quick little summary before she goes into it. Uh, Tangled is a modern-day movie, uh, well, about... uh, Rapunzel, essentially, and their take on Rapunzel in the movie is that uh, Rapunzel is stolen by a baddie uh, because she wants to use Rapunzel's hair to make her young again. So Rapunzel grows up um, thinking that she is the daughter of the baddie in a tower somewhere. And every year, uh, the king and queen, uh, who, you know, their daughter got stolen from them, uh, has a festival of lights and lights these beautiful lanterns and sends them into the sky, hoping that the light of the lantern will lead their daughter home one day. And so not only do they lift up a lantern, but everybody in the entire kingdom at this festival lights the lanterns and, and sends them up into the sky. And Rapunzel has grown up every year seeing uh, these lights ascend into the sky and she's fascinated by them and um, it draws them on her walls and finally asks her baddie mother if she can go find out what those lights are. She's told no, she runs away. Eventually it's all great. She finds the lights. She finds her family. It's wonderful. So that's the story of Tangled. Back to Ellie. I was blown away by this idea of what it meant to be lost, lost from your family, from your purpose, from from everything that makes you you and I was just so enthralled by the story by this idea that it was lights that um, Rapunzel's family her parents called out to her every year through lanterns through this great light show and I thought what a brilliant idea And of course, if you know the story, every year she spots these lights and they pique her interest and they get her intrigued about what might be out there outside of the tiny little tower that she lived her life in with the quite strange and strict mum that she she knew at that point. And as she gets older, she gets more and more intrigued and more and more interested in what on earth they're about. And so she escapes. She sneaks out and she goes to find the lights. And as she discovers the lights, we watch this scene. And I'm just going to try and describe it for you for those who haven't seen it. You've got these two parents who are heartbroken, who who have spent their whole life up until this point, really, 
waiting for their lost child to return. And you've got a kingdom who are waiting for their lost princess. And they release a lantern. And the first thing you see is this, the parents releasing their one beautiful decorated lantern. But as, it, as I watched it float up into the sky, I was stunned by the breathtaking animation that happened as the rest of the community released their lights too. And all of a sudden, the, the atmosphere is thick with light floating around the place. And then you get this amazing image of Rapunzel right in the middle. And that's the moment where things change. I think that's the moment where we as an audience know she can never go back. She's experienced too much of these lights that she's been yearning for. You know, in John 8, Jesus explains that he is the light of the world. He was released by God to be a light so bright that everyone could see and know his father. But he also says in Matthew 5 that we are lights too, that we are cities on the hill, that our light is to shine bright for the same purpose as him. And as I watched that one lantern be joined by loads and loads, God talked to me about community, about the fact that he could have made it so that Jesus was the only light the world would ever need. But instead, he chose to use us. He chose to say, be a part of my community of shining lanterns, bringing the lost people home, bringing those who don't know who they are in me, who don't have my purpose in their lives, who don't have the freedom that my word and my love brings. Be a part of a community of light. Um, but also with my little girl now, we sit on the sofa next to each other and we watch Tangled and we talk about that she didn't even know that she was lost and did that matter and she was having fun. And then as we sat and watched the lanterns, I just really quietly said, did you know that Jesus, he said he was the light of the world. He's God's big shining lantern that people can spot from anywhere. But isn't it amazing that all of the people in the kingdom joined in with his job? Isn't it amazing that they got to be a part of this festival and each one of them has a light represented? And we just chatted really simply. I mean, she's three. Um, and I told her that I wanted to be a light in the world, that Jesus said that that's my job and that I can choose to do that. Because it's really sad that not everyone knows Jesus. And it's really sad that not everyone feels safe because they know he loves them. But we can change that. So I hope that that inspires you. I hope that helps you um, think about Tangled in a different way. And maybe have the most amazing conversation with your Tangled, obsessed small person. Um, or maybe it'll just give you an idea of how to explain one of the jobs that God gives us. And finally, a question to get an interesting conversation started with your kid about God. Uh, going back to what Ellie was talking about, about the lights. What if you asked your kid, who is one person 
in your life that has really made you see God differently or think about God differently? Just one person who has made your brain and heart spark about who God is and what he does. Have a really good week. I'm praying for you lots and uh, have really good conversations this week. Bless you. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.